0: Okay, so our our team voted for team captains this year and our three captains are Cameron Kinley, uh, senior cornerback, Billy Honaker, senior offensive tackle and Jackson Perkins, senior defensive lineman. So great representation of our team, great young men, both on and off the field, all of them embody who we are as a football program uh, the leading vote getter was Cameron Kinley, who's also the senior class president at the United States Naval Academy. So great leadership on our team. And anytime we've had successful football teams, we've had great uh, leadership, both from the senior class and the, and the captains. And they've been tremendous during the pandemic, um, when we first started meeting, uh, through some of the racial unrest in our country. Just through so many things this offseason, I've been really impressed with them. Our Zoom meetings, not being able to work out, just great uh, leaders uh, on our
1: football team. Thanks, Coach. Uh, we'll start off with Randy Cross.
2: Hey, Coach. Good morning. How are you?
0: Hey, Randy. How are you? Good. Really good. Hey,
2: um, you're, you're getting going against the – Obviously, a pretty tough opponent that you guys do know something about. Um, how much is their their size and discipline concern you?
0: Uh, it's a big concern for us. Um, you know, just they're very, they're front on both sides of the ball, offense and defensive line, very physical. Uh, they're well coached. I mean, they're a really well coached football team. And Like I said, I mean, you just look at the teams that they played with. They played with a lot of power five people. And up front, they didn't look out of place. I mean, they matched up against Tennessee up front, Wisconsin, USC. You know, obviously they play Utah every year. Very physical front. That's going to be probably one of my biggest concerns, Randy, because the way we've been practicing. So (laughs) it's kind of like hitting a... Any punching bags for heavy bags for a while, then all of a sudden he'd go get in the ring, get hit in the face first time. So um, that would be interesting to see how that goes. So, but that's a major concern for us.
2: Yeah. With the, with the style of practice you've had, um, which obviously you're you're gonna go with erring on the side of safety and stuff for the guys. Um, do you get perhaps maybe a little bit more end a half end of game situational? practice time in maybe a little more attention to that than you may normally.
0: Well, we've been really trying to stay assignment sound and detailed in what we're doing, just making sure that, you know, assignments, not where we're hopefully we're in the right spots to make plays on defense. Hopefully we're in the right spots to block people on offense. You know, that's kind of our main concern right now, but yes, there's a lot of that, uh, a lot of those types of discussions going on. Um, getting ready for the game, you know, if we can't hit, so to speak, trying to accentuate some of the other things has definitely been a discussion. I mean, yes.
1: What
2: do you anticipate being the toughest thing about no crowd?
0: Um, I don't know. You know, we had a scrimmage and, you know, without anybody there, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, You know, just there's there's so many, it's like this pandemic, there's so many unknowns about it and, you know, we'll get to the game, we'll try to figure it out, but I don't know, you you know, trying to bring your own juice to the game as far as emotion, but I don't think that would be a problem, I think both sides will be excited to play, but having no crowd there, I, I don't know as far as playing the game, hopefully once you play, you don't look at all that stuff, but Obviously, the crowd has a big part to do. We're a hard team to beat at home with our crowd and the midshipmen behind our bench. We're a pretty tough place to play at, and not having them will, you know, that's, um, I don't know. I've I've been in that stadium for 23 years (laughs) playing a lot it's always about full. Yeah. Yeah, so this, this will be interesting.
2: How are things going? My last question, how are things going on the left side of your offensive line?
0: I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by what they see humble kids. I think we found in our, in our, in our, our team and on our O line, if you're just a humble person and you work hard, good things will happen. You're going to get donkey barbecued as we call them. You're going to get, you know, coaches are going to coach you hard, but if you just stay the course, don't take things personal, look at it. Hey, I'm trying to get better. I mean, it's amazing. These guys, they go through the furnace of affliction down in those, those shoots. And if you can endure that um, and just stay the course, you end up being a pretty good offensive lineman in what we do. All right, great. Thanks, Coach.
1: All right, we've got uh, Jason Swenson, then Scott Wyckoff, Dave Preston are the next three.
3: Uh, Hi, Coach. Uh, Jason Swenson, uh, writing for the Church News uh, section of the Deseret News. Uh, Obviously, um, Coach, your priority and focus this week is to try to prepare your coaches and, and certainly your players. Uh, to play and win a football game, uh, but but I know there have to be some some unique elements of this matchup as well. The uh, you know the, the 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 guy on the opposite sideline, the other head coach, Coach Sataki. You know you two share a lot in common. You're you're both uh, active Latter Day Saints and return missionaries. I know you're both proud of your uh, your Polynesian heritage. You have a personal connection, Coach Sataki. Actually, you know coached your
1: Oh, you froze. Coach, can you take what he asked and uh, are you you're back? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Again. Oh, yeah, yeah. No,
3: just, just, Coach, just curious to hear your thoughts about this sort of unique situation to be playing against BYU and, and Coach Satake.
0: Well, we have great respect uh, for their football program. I mean, you, you take out the school itself. I mean, BYU is a good football program. I uh, have great respect, obviously, for the institution and what they what that school stands for, being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I have great respect for Kalani, a good friend of mine. You know what I mean? Just um, we've known each other for many years when he was at Utah, and so I have great respect for him. A lot of guys on their staff who I know. Um, so it it will be unique but it also be unique because normally this type of games you go talk to the other staff, but we've already talked because of COVID-19. I mean, we'll stay on our sidelines, which is going to be strange. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you normally before games, you talk to the other coaches after the games, you normally go over there and shake other people's hands. But with everything that's going on, you know, we'll, we'll kind of wave to each other from sidelines and we'll all leave the field. You know what I mean? There's won't be an interaction after just, um, so that kind of stuff will be unique, but I have great respect for who they are, uh, their football program, the school, the coaches, uh, Kalani, um, really, uh, probably my closest connection on a team is their, um, one of their recruiting coordinators. He's my best friend. I mean, he and I grew up together in like, we we're best friends, Jack DeMooney. Mooney. So it's, that's really strange. Cause like I said, growing up, I mean, that's my best childhood friend, you know, and so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see friends on that side, but, you know, we're still trying to win the game just like they are, we're excited to play them. Um, but I guess the word I can sum up, Jason, just a ton of respect for them, for Kalani and their whole program in that institution.
3: Okay, and j- just one more question sort of along that line. Uh, obviously in the last few years, you've just seen a, an, an emergence at the D1 level of, of Latter-day Saint coaches, you know, yourself, Coach Sataki. Uh, Kyle Whittingham at Utah and then just down the road from you at UBU the success that the Broncos seen uh in the past season. So can you attribute that to anything? Is that connected to to coach, you know, to, to LaBelle Edwards or just to quitness? What what are your thoughts on that emergence?
0: Um you know no, I never really thought of it that way. I mean it's, it's I think it's cool. You know, the guys that got same, you know, religious beliefs that are, you know, their faith, you know, and they're doing well in the profession. We also recognize in this profession, it doesn't matter what religion you are. If you don't win games, you're not gonna be in this profession very long. So, like you said, it's pretty cool that they're doing well. Bronco's doing an unbelievable job at at UVU, uh, Kyle at Utah, and obviously Kalani at BYU. I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting. I think all of us uh, know or knew Lavelle Edwards even though I played at the University of Hawaii, coached at the University of Hawaii. He's a great uh, mentor of mine. I actually talked to him a lot, even when I was at Hawaii when I became a coach. And Coach Edwards actually helped me get my first, actually helped me go to um, get a job at UNLV because he knew Coach Robinson. Uh, so he was able to call Coach John Robinson. I was So I was, when I got fired here, if it wasn't for Coach uh, Edwards, I, I'd probably be back in Hawaii driving a bus or something, a tour bus or something. So Coach Edwards, you know, helped me get a job. And But other than that, I mean, I don't know the connection. we just, you know, that's what we believe. That's, those are our religious beliefs, and all of us believe, you know, strongly in that. And it's kind of cool that, you know, all of us are doing well, and hopefully that can continue. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Jason. But,
1: uh, Scott Wyckoff, Dave Preston, and Nicole Arbach. Coach, Scott Wyckoff from WBAL Radio in Baltimore. Coach, what was it about Jackson Perkins last year? He had the great spring, came in and had a fantastic season. What was it about his makeup that that turned him into such a great defensive lineman as a junior?
0: Well, he's one of our D linemen that has some size and some length. You know, we're always going to go for quickness. And so sometimes we don't get the tallest D lineman but we're more into explosiveness and being able to move. So Jackson was one of our few, the alignment that we had with size and length, he's range, he's 6'5". But I think the thing that separated Jackson was what I told Randy, just a humble kid. You know, he came to work, works hard as a young man. I mean, as a young player, he just kept his mouth quiet, worked really hard, um, you know, stayed the course trusted the process and I think that's the things that have stuck out to me is just, he's a talented young man, but is both on and off the field. He plays a ton of instruments for a talent show. I mean, he's, you know, can play anything, you know, plays the guitar, drums, uh, just a talented young man. But the thing that's stood out to me is, is his quiet leadership. The guys respect Jackson for who he is because, um, at least on the field. He's a quiet guy, but he's a fun loving guy. I mean, he loves, I know he loves to have fun and jokes around, has a great personality. Um, But I'm excited for him to be our captain or one of our captains.
1: He also proved last season that uh, on a team of tough guys, he's one tough character because he really battled through a a tough injury.
0: Yeah. There are some thoughts that he wasn't even going to play. So it just kind of shows you the type of people that play football. I mean, most people would have taken a year off, and you know, I will come back. But these are some tough kids. I mean, tough people. Uh, you know, rehabbed it, found a way to, you know, come back. And you know, he's been injured, but he's, he's he stayed the course. But he's just he is a he is a really tough young man. Thanks, coach. Thanks, Scott.
1: Coach. Dave Preston, WTOP. Uh, that was, morning.
0: I thought it was Nicole.
1: I'm Nicole. Sorry, after Dave i oh, sorry. Yeah,
3: that's okay. Good morning, Coach. Dave Preston, WTOP Radio in Washington. Uh, first off, uh, BYU's offense with Zach Wilson, a quarterback. They have eight starters returning. What sort of pressure do you see that putting on your defense next Monday
1: night?
0: Uh, a ton. Like I said, I think, you know, the, their offensive line is well-schooled. They're a veteran, uh, veteran group. You can tell they're well-coached just by the way they play they're well coached and they're physical. So those are, uh, those are bad combinations, you know, and they, they know what they're doing. But Zach Wilson, he just does so many different things. You know, a lot of this stuff comes off the run game, but he's a guy that can get on the edge. Um, and I've said this before, he can throw on the run, you know, he can throw from different angles. You know I mean? He doesn't have to have his feet set and, you know, you know, he can sidearm it, you know, like I said, it, Similar to a lot of Mahomes stuff, just um, you know, his angle of his, his ball release is at different places. He just finds a way to get the ball complete, completed. But just the things they do with him, um, moving the pocket, their run game, their physical line, um, you know, their matchup problems that Bushman preside, uh, presents. There's a, there's a ton of issues. Like I said, he's been playing for a while, too. This, Zach Wilson has been playing there for a while. So he knows their system inside and out. So it, it's going to be a tough game for us.
3: And, Coach, I know you're focused on BYU, but did you uh, happen to watch any of last Saturday night's game between Central Arkansas and Austin Peay?
0: Uh Actually, I didn't. I was with my granddaughters. Uh, but I I heard I saw some of the highlights of it. Um, but no, I, I, was, I was with my granddaughters.
3: What was it like to see highlights? Because this has obviously been a season like no other to finally see highlights of actual football games that had been played for the first
0: time all year. Exciting. I mean, exciting to be able to play. I mean, it was encouraging to see that, you know, we can actually get out there and play football. And uh, it, it was exciting to see some college football highlights. Thanks, Coach.
1: Thank you. Nicole. you're up. Hey Ken, hope you're doing well. Um, my Wonderful. question, my question is just kind of about the, the the big picture question about like, you know, what constitutes the postponement. Um, and I know that the leagues haven't figured out that threshold yet. But I'm wondering, like, as a coach, what you feel you comfortable playing with? Like, what when you, when you get asked for your input in that conversation, what do you say?
0: Yeah. So we've been talking. Obviously, it's what is it? it's August. It's, it's hard to you lose track of time. It just seems like where everybody's locked indoors, but. I mean, we've been talking about things since March. Um, talking with our league, talking with our doctors. I've been on, you know, national conference calls. Um, you know, so many, uh, so much information, uh, going back and forth. And early on, I didn't really know what to expect or what to, to think, Nicole. But you know, I think the more has gone on as you see other sports play, as you listen to professionals. I feel like I feel comfortable with what we've done, you know, and I feel like our protocol has been unlike anybody else. I mean, we've had several um, tests so far and we've been really, really good as far as, you know, our test results. So I'm really encouraged by that, that the way, what we're doing, our protocol, what we've done, what the school has done here. We've been fortunate too uh, with the, the Academy, with the, you know, we have a semi-bubble, I guess, so to speak, being here on the on the yard. So as they've um, gradually brought uh, midshipmen back, um, you know, their stuff has been really structured too, and so things have gone well. I think you know we'll, we'll leave it to the our, you know we've had several conversations Nicole with our doctors, both from our school and our uh, people from our conference. And they're making all the calls as we take the test. We just had a test today. We'll have another one later this week. And I think we we'll, might have another one later on, but they'll make the decision, you know, if we come and, and people, you know, uh, we have a, a ton of positives then we'll cancel it. I feel really excited about the first game. It was the right thing that our school made that our superintendent and uh, Chuck Gladchuck made of not having any fans. I think, you know, for the first game, we're still trying to figure this out. You know what I mean? Don't take any chances, um, you know, both teams will be clean. We both have been tested. The coaches would have been tested. The officials will be tested. So those that are interacting are all tested. And then you eliminate the other variables and then maybe you go from there. But I think I think this was the right approach to take to our superintendent check. They just kind of crawl first a little bit. You know, don't go overboard. But with everything, I guess, Nicole, with everything that I've heard and learned and that you're, you're t- uh, told, I feel good about our protocol. I, I don't know if we're football ready though, <laughs> not being able to actually hit people because you know we have to put a bag up to your face to make sure you know, we don't you know, breathe on each other or droplets and stuff like that. But you have to do what you have to do to keep your
1: people safe. That's been my approach.
3: Thanks.
1: Uh, Phil and then Catherine. Hey coach, Phil Bergman with Navy Sports. Uh, A side storyline in this game is your son is going to be coaching against his alma mater BYU. What advice do you have for him as a young aspiring coach about being on the other sideline as your old school?
0: Uh, I I guess the the first advice he didn't listen to, I told him not to get into coaching, (laughs) which he didn't listen to. I mean, I told him it's not a very stable profession. And then actually, he was coaching at the uh, University of Hawaii when we played them, and they, they crushed us. And it was making me mad looking at him on the other sideline with the clipboard. I just wanted to run over there, and knock the clipboard out of his hand. <laughs> but um, um, and and to say that, and this is the worst part of them beating us when he was at Hawaii. And then we all went to Jack in the Box together, as, you know, me, him, and my my wife. We took him and like said after you guys beat us, you know, buy your own food, man. Don't but um, I guess the advice is, I mean, I mean he's in coaching. I know he has a lot of friends on that side, guys that have coached, guys that are a lot of his, you know, best friends or college roommates. Um, but it's a job right now. You know, we're trying to win the game as best we can. So are they, you know what I mean? You, you set those aside for the game to compete. Then you pick it up after your friendship. But, it, but it's just competition, you know, just we're, we're, competing. They're competing. It's his alma mater. You know, we want to beat them. They want to beat us, but I haven't really gone more into that than I just.
1: And as a father now, what's it going to be like to run through that tunnel and have him by your side this time for opening day? It's been pretty
0: awesome. It's been pretty awesome. Probably the best thing in, you know, 31, 31 years of coaching is being with my son. You know, it's kind of cool to be there. You know, at staff meetings, even though they're Zoom staff meetings, or for him to be here with his family has been really cool. My granddaughters are here. You know, I've been on the East Coast for so long, and my family's been in Hawaii or in the West. It's actually kind of cool after all these years to be close to family. You know I mean, we, have uh, like I said, we've been here on the East Coast. My wife and I have been empty nesters for a while uh, since my son, my other son, went to Utah. So it's, it's been a, probably the one of if not probably the crowning uh, achievement or thing that ever happened to me in coaching to be with my son.
1: Thank you. Katherine. Hi coach, how's it going? Hi Catherine.
4: Uh So I, you know, obviously I've seen a lot from Miles Fells over the summer just on social media. He seems really popular amongst his teammates and he's also taken on a lot of a leadership role just with the racial diversity committee and things along those lines. I mean, how do you see that translating to the football field?
0: Miles is definitely one of our leaders on our team. Um, when, when Miles speaks, people listen. But he's such a great leader because he leads from the front. So Miles would never ask anything of anybody that he's not doing himself. He's a hard worker, he's a good person, comes from a great family. Um, but, you know, he's one of the best people that I've ever coached at the Naval Academy. Bob's Fellows is as good a, pe- a person that I've ever been around. You know, it comes from a tough b- background. And to see where that young man's come from where he's from is, is amazing. But I'm really, really excited for him. I'm excited for him this year playing. I'm excited for him as one of our leaders on our team. I'm excited for him in the future, in his future career as a Navy or Naval or a Marine Corps officer, whatever he decides. But just... Bright, bright future for Miles Fells. It seems like
4: towards the end of last season, he had a couple of really explosive plays. Obviously, that bowl game move that caught a lot of attention. Um, what, you know, now that he's kind of stepping out of the shadows a little bit, obviously Malcolm passed a pretty big shadow as far as attention last year. Um, how do you see him really stepping up skill-wise?
0: He's going to have to have a great year for us. For us to have a great year, Miles Fells has to have a great year. And I expect them 1,000% to do that. You know, last year he's playing behind some other guys too. We had, you know, Keone, you know, maybe CJ and um, you know other guys on, on the team. And he was he had some. You know, he was in the rotation, but his role will expand even more this year. And I'm really excited about that because he can handle it, and we need for him to handle that expanded role for us to be successful.
1: Thanks. Um, Mr. Harmon and then Bill Wagner.
0: Dick Harmon from the Desert News in Salt Lake City. Coach, uh, uh, I was 10 years old at the Polynesian Cultural Center when it opened, so I know Laie. And I was curious about you and Jack DeMooney. Do you have any stories or anecdotes you could tell about growing up there in Laie, in the North Shore, you could share with us? Well, you said the opposite word, which which she can share with you. I mean, we just, um, (laughs) I mean, we're just normal kids just up to, you know, we just grew up his house was right behind my house. And so we just, you know, as young guys, we did everything together. You know, we both worked at the Polynesian Cultural Center. Uh, I was a canoe boy, he danced in the night show. Um, you know, pick up basketball, rugby, pick up football. I mean, that's, everybody in Hawaii, I mean, that's what you do, especially in Laie, everybody plays football in Laie, the Kuku area. Um, just, um he's just one of my best friends, you know I mean? Just when he was going to BYU, I was really excited for him because he had coached at, at Maui uh, High School for many years. You know, he and his family, uh, Shilei, had moved over there to Maui and he was having a great life there, then moved to BYU. But both of our dads were some of the, his dad was one of the original people that opened up the Polynesian Culture Center and some of the dancing in the Fijian section. My dad was the, one of the first manager of the restaurant that opened there at the Polynesian Culture Center in the '70s. And so, you know, it's kind of cool because both of our fathers were part of some of the early stages of the Polynesian Culture Center, and we just—I mean—it's just our life. We just grew up together. Uh, you know, and it's a, obviously a church-oriented um, atmosphere, but I'm—it'll mean, be it be exciting to see him on the other sidelines. We were kind of joking before because church league basketball, you know, I mean, just a lot of different games we've had where my wards won or his wards won, his ward won. And I said, it'd be a similar deal, man. Just, um, he knows I'm a poor sport too. So <laughs> there've been times where his ward won where I want to speak to him after basketball, but I think uh, we want more than, than they want, but it's it's going to be exciting Dick, to see him on that sideline. Just, um, you know, like I said, it's it's cool to see one of your best friends You know, we're both in division one football which is pretty cool from such a small town. Ken, if you were to single out one thing about your winning culture at Navy and why it's been a success, what would it be if you were to single out one thing that you've tried to do there? Love, you know, just our our culture is based on the culture of love. It doesn't mean we don't coach our kids hard because we do, but we love our players. You know, we're demanding but not demeaning. I don't believe in MFing kids. Now we're gonna, Don't get me wrong. We're going to coach you hard and be demanding. But we love our kids. Our players love each other. You know, there's a, there's a brotherhood about our program. And, and we always talk about that. Our love for each other supersedes our hate for another opponent. And that's the thing that we preach on our, our team. Just, just love. Just love each other. There might be teams that might be bigger than us might be faster or stronger than us, but we believe that there's no team closer than we are, that our love for each other, um, stronger than anything. We feel, you know, and that's our premise that when we go out, we're always like this, you know, where we, we hunt together as a tribe, we eat together as a tribe, we eat as a family. And those are the things that we always talk about, like just just the foundation of love. Thank you, Coach. I did.
1: Wags.
4: Well, real quickly, following up on Mr. Harmon's comments, because I was going to write about that connection you have with BYU in general. But Jack, how long have you known Jack since you're literally like five years old? Is that how long it goes back? Uh, in
0: sixth grade, sixth, seventh grade. It just, um, we just, we met each other when I first moved to the North Shore. I used to live in town and I first moved to the North Shore just at the game room and we just hit it off. We were, he and his brothers were in there playing. And we just started, you know, we became really good friends after that. And we did everything together. Like I said, his house, our house was divided by a wall. And either I'd, you know, jump over the wall to go knock on his door to wake him up, to play basketball or vice versa. Or at night, we'd go to BYU-Hawaii. And like I said, we did did stupid things as kids. We'd um, throw balloons at the the BYU students. You know, we were really young. You know, just um he and I were young, and we used to go into the BYU Hawaii dances. You know, here we are, just little kids, but we knew all the, the back doors. We slide in there, and go into the dances, to go in there. You know, so here we are, middle school guys, but we're a little bit tall for our age, so we're dancing with college girls. You know what I mean? But I probably should stop there. Just, uh okay.
1: but. <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, we just, I you mean, know, we just, we're just, you know, just as friends. You do, I mean, all the things you do as a kid, you know, just do mischievous things. But, um, you know, but in you know, our families are really close. Like I said, he's, um, him and Brian Norwood are probably two of my best friends in life. You know what I mean? And our, our other friend, our other close friend is actually there too, Manu Moy, that actually lives in Provo. But Jack and I were best of friends growing up. Did, did Jack play sports at Radford? No, he played at koku Oh so okay. I, I I I trans I, I played football at, at Radford. But Jack played at BYU. I mean, he's a really good football player for BYU, but he played at koku
4: And then with regard to Kalani Stakki, I know he's a bit younger than you, but I know he looks up to you as a fellow Polynesian and you were the very first Polynesian head coach and I, I think that you probably provided inspiration to someone like Kalani that he could become a head coach. How well do you know Kalani? How long have you know, known Kalani?
0: I, I've known Kalani since he was coaching at Utah. You know I knew of him when he played at BYU, but I didn't really know him, but when he coached with Kyle all those years, I mean, I've known him for many years. We coached at the a lot of high school football camps together, the Dall Poly camps. You know, so I've, I've, I've known Kalani and worked with him at a lot of those camps over the years. But I wasn't the inspiration for him. He, he was well on his way to being a head football coach. I mean, he's a really, really good coach at Utah. He's always been known to be one of the best recruiters. You know what I mean? He was a really good recruiter at Utah. Then when uh, Kyle, you know, named him to be the coordinator there, I mean, he did an awesome job as a coordinator at Utah. Then went with Gary Anderson to Oregon State and obviously came back. But I've known Clonty for many years. Like I said, we work at many camps, have a tremendous amount of respect for him as a man, as a coach. We used to talk more philosophy more than anything at those camps. You know, I just I, we just talk about certain things and um, nothing schematic, just more just coaching in general, life in general. Um, but yeah, I just. I've always had great respect for Kalani. Anybody that knows Kalani knows the type of person. He's just a great human being.
4: With regard to the captains, last year there was four, two offense, two defense. Um, this year it's an odd number, two off two offense, one defense, I guess it is. I'm sorry, one offense, yeah. two defense. Um, why is that? And is there a chance another offensive guy may be added later? I know you mentioned Miles Fellows. I have to say, I'm a little surprised that Miles. Because we all know what what a great leader he is, I kind of had penciled him and is one of the captains. Uh, just your thought on what changed from last
0: year? Why three instead of four? Well, Miles will always be one of our leaders. You know, what I mean that that will never change. Uh, I mean, people have tremendous amount of respect for him. Um, I don't guess one thing is when you have three, if you have a vote of three, there's always going to be a tiebreaker. So. You, you you can't have a stalemate with four, so maybe I'll just leave it at that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Well, and Strauss is confirming that I did not realize that the waiver request to allow the brigade to attend has apparently not been granted. Um, do you think that would have made a difference? I mean, I know 35,000 fans, uh, 4,000 mids is nowhere near what a normal crowd would be, but 4,000 mids could make a lot of noise on behalf of Navy. Are you kind of disappointed that that didn't
0: happen? Obviously would love to have fans there. I would have loved to play BYU with a full stadium, like it normally is. I mean, it's a, I mean, we're hard to beat at home. We're a hard team to beat at our stadium, but I mean, it is what it is. We're just grateful to be playing. I would love to wax, yes, have the brigade there. That'd be awesome. But I understand the superintendent and Chet's decision we have to keep people safe and we're still figuring this out. So I don't, you know, maybe game one is not the game to, you know, just kind of go out there, just maybe start slowly. And, but yes, we would love to have had them, but it's it's the right call. It's the right call to start off this way.
4: And lastly, for me on the captains, obviously you um, talked a little bit about Jackson and we've had plenty of discussion about Cameron and what a great leader he is, both, within the brigade and with your football team, but Honecker, I mean, I got it. He's kind of the bell cow of offensive line, but he's not a real, at least he, I didn't think he was a real boisterous guy, but I get a feeling the teammates just respect his work ethic. And, you know, I mean, I, I remember seeing the uh, video of Honecker running downfield almost as fast as the tailback uh, Carruthers was running for a touchdown and Honecker ran the whole way
0: sprinting. That's kind of who he is. And it, Well, he's a really good athlete. I mean, he's a kid. He's 285. That can move. Um, He fits exactly what we're looking for in alignment. You know, 6'4", 6'3", 285. That's athletic, physical, can move, um, can pull, can scoop, can zone block. I mean, he has all the skill set, and he's a hard worker, tough kid. Uh, Doesn't say much, but when he speaks again, people listen. I mean, he doesn't talk a ton. But when guys, when Billy says something at practice or something, everybody's ears perk up because they're, you know, he has so much respect on our team because of who he is, how he works, kind of football player he is. Um, and those are the kind of captains we have. They, they lead, they're more servant uh, leaders. You know, they, they lead from the front. They serve their people that they lead. And those types of leaders, I mean, people will do anything for them. And that's the kind of guy Billy is.